1: When Angel asks him what his dream is, or something, and he's like, Well, I've always wanted to play in the NBA. As if that is a serious answer to give anyone when you are above the age of 12 years old. I mean, can you spoil the movie no one's heard of from two years ago? I don't think so. Sports fans love true TV. Hello, and welcome to The Big Stream, a tape-delayed live social audio experience from TheBigLead.com. My name is Stephen Douglas. I am here today to talk to you about a few things. One of the ideas that we've always uh, thrown around before we sell on The Big Stream podcast was an idea of sort of a TV diary. Or uh, basically what we're watching. And this is something that Kyle Coster had always always pitched. And it just never really took off. But that's kind of what I'm going to do today. I'm going to talk about a few different things that I watched recently. And I just did not have a chance to talk with anyone from the staff about them this week. Uh, Schedules just didn't line up. But I'm going to talk about the rehearsal. The Gray Man, and The Rental. So let's just dive right in with the rehearsal, which... The second episode, uh, Nathan Fielder's rehearsal, is... I've I've watched it four times. It's just incredible. I guess just starting from the very uh, beginning of the show, uh, the cold open is shot like a horror film um i don't know how else to describe it you just see this uh you presume it's this mother and she's put her child down and then nathan fielder has a team of people who is going to replace the baby i mean is he stealing the baby is this some sort of trick to see if how well you know your child at that age so they go to the opening credits, and then the voiceover where, they ex- where Nathan explains uh, what's going on, which is that this woman wants to have a child, but she's not sure. And she's they've hired a ton of kids to play the child from age three months to 18 years over the course of two months, which, again, we've talked about this, like, the timeline for the, for the sh- for the shooting of the rehearsal is just insane. If I mean, if if they're really putting this woman in a house with a ton of different kids over two months, that is just incredible. So we've got Angela, who seems you know like a normal enough person, but as we've kind of learned by now, anybody who is involved at all with Nathan Fielder is not a completely normal person. So the show really gets off to its start when they go back to the adoption agency for the simulated adoption. Maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen, or at least until later in this episode, was when he's like talking to the actual mother of this child and he's like, Well can you go into why you can't why you can't take care of your baby, which is just so incredibly messed up but funny and then he gives him like the the champagne bottle the adoption agent laughs smash cut we've got Angela trying to find a man and she isn't 100% certain she needs one for this experiment until uh Nathan Fielder gets the night owl involved and this guy is the real star of the episode and he is the real star of the show Everything about him is so funny. Just the way that they edit him falling asleep within 15 minutes, the first two nights, and then the confrontation where he says, you described yourself as a night owl. And then when they're just sitting there and he starts talking about the Sasquatch liaisons and the look on Feeler's face is absolutely hilarious. But we're getting ahead of ourselves because by the time the Sasquatch liaisons are brought up, we've already met Robin who from the absolute first second he appears on screen, you can tell there's something going on with him. He just talks like a, I don't know, like some kind of televangelist, and just the immediate start with, oh, I'm blessed, and starts bringing up the numbers, and this first mention of the Scion TC is just like, wow, that, that is an incredible story. But the a number of times that he brings it up, which is why the episode is called Scion. is so good. Uh, There's so every bit, every second the guy is on screen, is just amazing. That's that's the main reason, along with Sasquatch Liaisons, that I c- had to keep rewatching this. When Angel asks him what his dream is or something, and he's like, "Well, I've always wanted to play in the NBA." as if that is a serious answer to give anyone when you are above the age of 12 years old. And his reactions to just everything are insane. Um, like when Angela brings him over and first explains that there's a baby in the house and he go, all right, okay, or okay, or whatever. So she brings the baby down, explains the situation and he's like, oh, and, and the way he says he would be enticed by the idea of joining this experiment. Um, he gives a, he gives away for the first time that he might have a, a problem with his living arrangement where he's like, when I, I'm ready to move in. So then when he goes home, and I, it didn't even seem like he was coming back, when, but Nathan Fielder tracks him down. He's like, can I go with you? And just <laughs> the part he's holding the phone for him. He, they get to the apartment, the three mattresses, um, he, you know, he's got the Michael Jordan poster on his wall, which checks out, uh, his roommate kind of looks like a, uh, straight edge steve and he seems like a nice enough guy. And then the way that that descends into that argument and chaos would step to me and Fielder in the background, just looking awkwardly and then asking him, what was that about? And he's like, Oh, it's... <laughs> I, I can't even keep it all straight but I'm just thinking back uh, like the roommate doesn't believe in Jesus and that's a real problem for him and then he's packing the bong and Feeler asks him about the celibacy and he's like he's like he doesn't, th- he doesn't think that that is serious he thinks there's a serious chance she's about to go and have sex with all the cameras in the house and they go and get in the car, and he's like, "Can I? Should I drive?" Um, and his answer, his fielder's like, D- "Don't you need a license plate?" And he's like, "No." Just the absolute, hundred uh, percent sincerity. He he's convinced that if he acts convinced, the other person will be convinced. Uh, stopping at uh, Taco Bell or whatever to bring back all that fast food late at night. And then immediately getting put into the spare bedroom where he's in charge of the child. And this is the serious, uh, like a serious part where I, I felt for him during the, uh, the, the, the waking up during the night for the crying baby. Because I have a small child. Um, and I have definitely been in the spot where the third time, the time where it broke him, he's laying there and the baby starts crying. And he just puts his hand up like, come on i mean i'm still going through that that is such a natural reaction unfortunately we all can't immediately pack our bags and leave uh his exit was incredible the way he told angela like you know, i have to get a good night's sleep as if he has a real job which there's no way because i mean when you get blessed with a 200 dollars ford focus then, then you don't have a reason to get up in the morning and work um just she's like is that your bag? He's like yes, I'm leaving. It's just so good. And then the twist obviously at the end is well, I mean, the most important thing is that he brought the bar back from New York to Oregon just to keep it there. It didn't even fit and I just want I want him to take this with him wherever he goes uh for the entire series. And this is another thing where I, I just can't get over what the budget of this show must be. I mean, this must be like Game of Thrones final season for every uh, episode. Nathan Fielder is joining the rehearsal. And then we see the flow charts uh, make a comeback. And the attention to detail of this is just out of this world. I, I mean, I... I There are only so many words I know, I just want to keep calling this insane and incredible and this is probably my favorite show right now by far. Um, I can't wait to see what happens and I can't wait to talk about it with Kyle next week. So now is the part where we should play like an ad if we had any, but uh, we're going to need lots of downloads and subscriptions. And then we'll have an ad for there. Uh, So for right now, let's just say this is uh, brought to you by TheBigLead.com. And now I'm going to talk about The Gray Man, which I had originally intended to talk about uh, with Liam. But he never got around to it, and now he's gone on vacation. So I saw it, and I just need to tell people that I saw it. This movie stars Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Ana de Armas, Billy Bob Thornton, and a few other people that don't really matter. Um, It's a fine little action movie. Uh, Feels shot like a Bourne movie uh, by the Russo brothers. It's got some cool stuff, like a... Fight on New Year's Eve in the middle of a fireworks display. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what to say about this movie because, like, I was looking back at a review I wrote for Zero Dark 30 today, and I said I would probably never watch that movie again. And that was a decade ago, and I've watched it like plenty of times since then, and it's really good. I feel like this is kind of like Spider-Head and that it's something I've seen and since it's on Netflix and I have to actually click on it I'm never going to see this movie again. And that kind of seems like a problem for Netflix in that why are they why are they going to keep pumping all this money into creating original stuff doesn't seem worth it. To get together this big cast and then not win any awards. <laughs> I mean, I. I mean, it's for prestige and to have like your own IP. I get it, but I. Just the Gray Man, isn't it? It's a it's a fine little action movie. Uh, so if you want to watch that, go ahead. But in the meantime, I will now talk about the rental, uh, the 2020 movie. Uh, Dave Franco's directorial debut. I remember seeing a trailer for this, and I never would have watched it. It's on Netflix. I never would have watched it except I saw. Um, I was clicking through late last night, and it was under like ninety minutes or less, which is a category I didn't realize they had. But it's it's a very good category because I don't know. There's something daunting about a regular two-hour movie. But you hear like, oh, that's only 89 minutes. Oh my goodness, that's a that's a quick watch, and that's what the rental was, uh, starring Allison Brie, Dan Stevens, Sheila Bond, and m- my my new guy, uh, Jeremy Allen White, who I swear I had never seen him before before watching The Bear, which was really good, and he was good in it and Kyle and I reviewed it on a podcast like a week or two ago so I saw Jeremy Allen White I'm like well you know what I I remember this movie I will give it a shot so I did and it was a good little thriller it does not waste any time it immediately explains all the weird dynamics between the uh, four main characters Dan Stevens and Shilvan are some kind of they have a website or an app or something i don't think it's ever made clear it's just very very immediately they're like these are tech people they have just sold something they've just got a big round of funding they're way too close in an office setting despite the fact that Sheila Vaughn is dating Jeremy Allen White who is Dan Stevens brother and Alison Bree is married to Dan Stevens so you've there are definitely hints of love triangles early and often. Um, I don't know. I mean, can you spoil the movie no one's heard of from two years ago? I don't think so. So if you haven't seen it, just uh, pause this, go and watch it, and then come back. And I mean, it's only 90 minutes, like you know Netflix says. So it, it's real quick. Um, they find this awesome house on airbnb which is apparently still a big deal to them even though they it sounds like they just got millions in funding and they're now rich so they go on the creepy weekend where there's a you got your classic caretaker um played by one of those that guys uh toby huss who going all the way back was in uh seinfeld i think he was the whiz in that one episode And that's what's really important. You just need Seinfeld on your resume to remain relevant forever. So here he is in the rental all these years later. He plays the creepy guy who doesn't turn out to be the creepy guy. Uh, it's It's a thriller where you don't really spend much time at all with the killer until everyone is dead. And I guess that's the main part, the most important part of this movie is that everyone does die spoiler alert I kind of like that little twist and then you get the explanation of why and how afterwards so uh, Dave Franco really you know he there's there's nothing left to the imagination with this movie Um, everything is tied up with a typo there's no confusion I mean it's pretty well shot as far as you know just directing a few famous people in a uh, little like indie movie i i think you did a pretty good job so yeah if you got 90 minutes or less to kill i would give the rental a try um i'm not gonna give it a i mean it's probably like a two and a half out of four stars i, I forgot to rate the gray man probably also a two and a half but for very different reasons Also, this is just another movie that I've seen and I will never need to see again. So let's move on to just one more thing just so we can, I don't know, get over the 20-minute mark and make it like a real podcast. Because that's how long a podcast is, right? Uh, Right below the ninety minutes or less is the 20 minutes or more podcast section on Netflix. Uh, One last show is one hundred and one places to party before you die with Adam pally and John gabris uh, on true TV our our beloved sports fan, sports fans love true TV and finding out where it is once every march and they have put out a show that will make me actually try and find true TV at least once a week because this show, 101 Places to Party Before You Die, is one of those reality travel shows where a person or persons goes to a different city, drinks and eats, and does a couple of activities. Uh, it's a lot like something Anthony Bourdain would do. Um, I, I loved the Esquire Network when it was on the air for about a year, with the getaway and uh, best bars in America, and uh, Brew Dogs. That this is this is like my favorite type of show. I don't know. I kind of I, I like seeing the sights, uh, briefly, very briefly, because most of the content comes from just the uh, the host or hosts sitting down and uh, drinking and eating. I don't know why it is so comforting, but it is. And they feel like they might they might rely on laugh, laughing at each other's jokes a little too much in this one. But what are you going to do? Uh, the first two episodes, they went to Denver and Miami. The latest episode uh, looks like it came out tonight. Uh, they're going to Richmond. Not that it really matters because there are so many great cities and, and every... Even even the not-great cities, you know, have good places to eat, good places to drink. And these guys, they do that. So I would suggest you watch 101 Places to Eat Before You Die. That's probably... Um, I mean, it's obviously, the rehearsal is the number one thing that everyone should be watching right now. But, yeah, I would suggest 101 Places to Party Before You Die over either of those films that I talked about. And I think that takes us over the 20-minute mark, just barely. So this is officially a podcast that can be published. Uh, we will be back next week talking about the rehearsal again. And I don't care if I have to drive to Michigan to record a podcast while Kyle is on the pitcher's mound at his league Um, We will talk about the rehearsal next week, I promise. Other than that, who knows? Tune in to the next episode of The Big Stream and beyond. Uh, This is Stephen Douglas from TheBigLead.com. Thank you for listening if you made it through all 20 minutes of me talking about a bunch of random things I watched on television. Until next time, keep your audio social and live